This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Russ. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our special guest is Bruce Van Natta. And Bruce, it's been a joy to work on this show with you. I mean, this is, uh, you have an incredible life, incredible life story. Uh, there is so much to your life, everything that God has done for you, in you, through you, around you, that it would take 10 shows to uh, do it. And I'm not kidding about that. And um, Bruce, your life wasn't always, hey, I grew up in church and everything was wonderful, got saved early and got right into the ministry when I was a teenager. That wasn't your life at all, right? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, um, this is this first part of this testimony is going to really minister to a lot of people because of what people have gone through in their life. Tell us a story about how you were literally hugged by Jesus as a child. Well, Ron, what happened was I grew up, as you mentioned, my family actually was, a, my mom and dad would have said they believed in God, but we didn't attend church regularly, anything like that. But my grandpa and grandma did. And so I only went to Sunday school one time as a child. My grandpa and grandma took me. I went to the one time I went to Sunday school. The Sunday school teacher tells a story about where Jesus is in a place hugging kids. The parents are, the parents are bringing their children they have Jesus hug them. The disciples get mad and say, get the kids out of here. Jesus got more important stuff to do than mess around with kids. Jesus rebukes his disciples and says, let the children come unto me. And so that's the story I hear at the Sunday school that day. And I can honestly tell you, I remember uh, thinking that I didn't believe it, that I just, uh, it seemed too good to be true, almost kind of like Santa Claus, coming out of a, a situation where there was physical abuse in my life, verbal abuse, you know, sexual abuse, all this stuff, and then hearing the story, and then the Sunday school teacher kind of made it sound like Jesus made everything great for little kids, so then I'm like, well, it just can't be real. Fast forward several months, uh, one particularly really bad night in my life is happening, and um, I'm lying on a bed crying, feeling dirty, feeling ashamed, knowing that I'm about to get an, a, a beating. And in the middle of all that, this, this thought came back to me of remember the story that the Sunday school teacher told about Jesus hugging the children. And, and so as a doubting Thomas, I just, uh, just said a doubting Thomas prayer and, and just said, Jesus, if you're real, then I want you to come and hug me like you did those kids in that story, because that's all I wanted was to be hugged and comforted. And I can tell you, Ryan, that immediately I was picked up off that bed, physically picked up off the bed, given a hug. I was held into a chest, an adult chest. And But it was so much more than just a physical hug. It was like being dipped in liquid love from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I was just completely engulfed in this ball of love, which just I fell asleep in that night. So for me... That was my uh, original encounter with Jesus. I, I mean, I said, Jesus, if you're real, then I want you to hug me like you did those kids, and that's exactly what he did, and my life has never been the same since. Now, what about the sorrow, the grief, the pain that you were holding on to in those moments right before that happened from the physical, emotional, uh, and even sexual abuse that you encountered? What happened to all those uh, feelings? Well, as I was being hugged and as I was feeling that love, that stuff was just being washed away in that river of love that I was talking about. Let me take you to November 16th in 2006. Um, uh, I'm sure a night or day that you'll never forget for the rest of your life. And um, for those of you who are listening, this is one of the most incredible stories that I've ever heard. And let's just talk in this first segment, Bruce, about the first part of it. What happened on November 16, 2006? Uh, I owned a business where I traveled around and did on-site diesel repair. And on that particular night, I was finishing up a three-day job that I've been working on. I got to the end of the job, started the engine in this truck. We started at the guy that I was working with, the mechanic at that place, which was a logging company in the middle of uh, you know nowhere here in Wisconsin where we live. And you know, just getting ready to leave, and the guy uh, comes up, taps me on the shoulder, said, hey, before you go, can you just take a look at one more thing? I ended up going underneath that truck one last time, and uh, I was laying on my back underneath the truck, underneath the front axle, 
and for those of you listening today who've never uh, had the opportunity or maybe the desire to look underneath a big truck, um, and this this big semi-truck is as big as, it was a big logging truck, it's as big as any semi-truck you would see anywhere. I was laying underneath the front axle, the man had removed the front wheel, and he'd used a jack to jack it up underneath that axle. So it was just maybe an inch of space above that axle between um, between my chest as I'm laying underneath it, between, you know, it's in my belly, belly button to the bottom of that axle. There's an inch of space. And I'm on a creeper, a little uh, tool that mechanics use to roll underneath vehicles. And the guy uh, got up inside the truck. The jack ended up slipping out. And this 10 to 12,000 pounds of weight that's on the two front tires. That's not the weight of the whole truck, but just this five to six tons of weight that's just on the two front tires on that axle comes crushing down. So that, that axle came down like a blunt guillotine across the middle of my body oh, man. and literally crushed my body in half. Oh, man. And and when that was laying on top of you, um, I mean, you, you were, a lot of things were going through your mind, but when you say it, it crushed your body. I mean, it literally crushed your body. Yeah, when it fell on me, um, I mean, I called out, uh, Lord help me. I'm referring to Jesus. Lord help me. I said it twice for whatever reason. I remember, I remember distinctly remember saying it twice. And I looked down. There was only about approximately one inch of airspace between the bottom of the axle and the cement on my left side, right against the left side of my body. So I'm saying my left side of my body, between the bottom of my ribs and the top of my pelvic area, was one inch thick. And on the right side of my body probably double that, probably two inches thick between, you know, so my, my body itself was two inches thick on the thickest part on the right. So I was right dead center in the middle where your spine is. My L4, L5 vertebrae were both broken. So I was uh, thinner in the middle of my body than my, than my spine. Even. Well, you have lived a miraculous life, and that's the name of your book, A Miraculous Life. And that's what we're offering with this show. As long as your mini book, God Will Talk Through You, as well as an exclusive two-CD set, position yourself for supernatural victory. Now, Bruce, this book called Miraculous Life, what, what, what's it about? This book is, actually has supernatural origin, Ryan. I mean, it's a, I'm really excited about this book. And the reason why is because God supernaturally gave me the outline for this book before the publishing company called me up and asked me to write a book just like what they were looking, just like what God had already given me. Um, the Lord has uh, told me many times what he wants me to use is the medium of uh, uh, testimonies and stories, but he always wants me to teach. And so uh, this this book teaches people how they can live a miraculous life. And I, I say people, but God wants his children, his the Christians, God wants Christians to live a miraculous life. And that's what this book is all about. It's teaching people what that looks like in daily life. And then you're also offering your mini book, God Will Talk Through You. And this this book is a, a precious little book reminder about how God can speak through you in many different ways, correct? Yeah, Ryan. So this mini book, God Will Talk Through You, uh, in that little mini book there, it talks about how the different ways that God speaks to us, what that looks like. But even more importantly then, what we do with that and how we each get to make a choice and decision about what we're going to do with the things that God tells us and how that affects our lives. And that's that's big because God is talking all the time, and he is telling people to do things or not do things. And based on our uh, obedience to that, uh, the Bible talks about we choose blessings or we choose curses. And then Bruce also did an exclusive two-CD set for us called Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. I mean, th this CD set is jam-packed with powerful teaching from Bruce, and he even prays a prayer of impartation at the end. And, and let me tell you something. When you, when you listen to these CDs and read this book, you're going to be stirred to live a life of the supernatural in victory because in the book especially, it's one powerful truth and nugget after another with a testimony, incredible stories about what God has done in and through Bruce and the people around him. You're going to want to really sink your teeth into this. And when we come back, we're going to not leave you hanging. And Bruce is going to talk about how Jesus healed him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. We'll be right back. Bruce Vanatta had been crushed under a semi-truck where he had an out-of-body experience and witnessed the angels the Lord had sent. His healing was miraculous. Since then, 
Bruce Vanetta has witnessed supernatural healings and breakthroughs, not only for himself, but for others in his everyday life. Bruce wants to mentor you so you too can live a supernatural life of victory. Whoever you are, God wants to put this arsenal of weapons in your possession so that you can live a, a supernatural life and so that you can give a lost and hurting world the power of God in their lives as well. Call now and get Bruce Van Etta's Living in the Miraculous Package, which includes his powerful book, A Miraculous Life, and his anointed two-part audio CD teaching, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. Plus this bonus, Bruce's mini book, God Will Talk Through You. This is an exclusive package for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9536. In his book, Bruce Van Atta shares the miracles that he has personally experienced. Through his powerful book, you will understand and discern the five giants we all face in life. Receive five spiritual weapons that will help you live a supernatural life of victory. Begin to experience the same miracles that you read about in the Bible, including blind eyes and deaf ears being opened, tumors vanishing, demons being cast out, and many being set free from headache, pain, depression, and fear. Through Bruce's anointed two part audio CD teaching, positioning yourself for supernatural victory. You will find out significant keys and life-changing revelation on how you can position yourself for supernatural victory. Learn how to overcome demonic hindrances and struggles. Get ready to receive a fresh impartation of the supernatural faith and be empowered to receive your supernatural breakthrough. God wants to raise up an army of end-time believers who are operating the supernatural. This is meant for everyday Christians, the stay-at-home mom, the, the pastor, the teacher, the truck driver, the waitress. Plus, you will also receive this special bonus, Bruce's mini book, God Will Talk Through You. This is something you can carry every day and everywhere you go. What I love about this bonus mini book, it's something you can get through in a short period of time. It teaches people the different methods that God speaks to us today, what we can expect. And he's always speaking, just like the FM radio uh, tower. Do we have our receiver tuned in to listen? It's like getting Bruce to be your personal trainer in your home to do exactly what he does. And I, I have to tell you, Bruce, yours is uh, the, the miracle that happened to you, the embrace by Jesus where he gave you this gifting. It's all transferable. And if not now, when? Don't miss out on getting Bruce Van Atta's Living in the Miraculous Package, which includes his powerful book, A Miraculous Life, and his anointed two-part audio CD teaching, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. Plus this bonus, Bruce's mini book, God Will Talk Through You. This is an exclusive package for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9536. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9536 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Okay, welcome back. We're here with Bruce Vanetta, and we are just having a blast talking about the miracle-working power of God and, and His Lordship and all that He wants to do in our lives. And Bruce, we left you under the truck in the first segment, and I know... You didn't stay there because you're talking to me today, uh, all these years later. Tell us what the paramedics came. They're 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 talking to you. I, it so touched me in your story, uh, and it, it's so impactful in the book. The way the the precious woman was calling you back because your body was trying to leave, and what was happening when all of a sudden you found yourself looking at yourself. Well, at the point that the truck fell on top of me and what had happened, all the, uh, everything in between the bottom of my ribs and the top of my pelvic was crushed. So that's small intestine, uh, spleen, pancreas, um, and various arteries, veins, all severed, crushed. Um, and so when they jacked the truck up off of me, I began to bleed out internally. I didn't know it at the time. So I'm bleeding out, uh, starting to go into shock, obviously. And, Panic! I grabbed the bottom of the chrome bumper, dragged myself out, and I ended up um, bleeding out at the scene of the accident because of all the arteries. In fact, five places, major arteries were completely severed. And so I bled out. At the point of me bleeding out is when my spirit left my body. And so my spirit left at the point of uh, my heart stopping 
my spirit left my body, goes up on the roof of this garage, you know, 14, 15, 16 feet up. I'm watching from above and, you know, watching the whole accident scene. There's a volunteer fire department. People are still coming. And the men- the lady that you mentioned, Shannon, she showed up. She gets down. I'm I'm watching this all from above. The very, the, you know, I guess the first supernatural thing, Ryan, would, I can't leave out is that I, watching from above, is I saw these two huge angels, one on each side of my body, probably about eight feet tall, um, white shining robes, emanating light, very muscular, long hair that went down in the middle of their back where their belt was on their robe approximately. And they were both leaned over, touching the middle of my body where I was crushed flat. I looked like something out of a cartoon with a big flat spot across the middle. Wow. And, uh, you know, the angels weren't talking. They weren't They weren't uh, communicating to me or even each other. They just had their hands in the middle where I had the flat spot. That's when the lady that you're talking about, Shannon, she showed up. She gets down between the angels. And I said they were eight feet tall approximately based on the fact that the guy I was working with is about, he was about or is about six feet tall. And these angels had stuck up about two feet taller than his head. So she, she, this lady shows up, one of the last two people to show up to the scene of the accident. She gets down between the angels, and uh, she's feeling for a pulse. And then I'm listening up above in this, up in the seat of my spirit. And, you know, the other volunteer fire people that have been there before her, um, you know, they're saying it's too late. You know, he's already, you know, been several minutes, no heartbeat, no pulse. And she, um, she's feeling around, and then she begins to, she said, what is his name? They said, Bruce Fernandez. She begins to, to gently slap me, pat me in the face, and begin to call me and say, Bruce Fernandez, come back. Bruce Fernandez, come back, come back. And she, what I found out later was she was a two-month-old baby Christian, Aww. and she was she was praying that God would bring me back to life. And so her, her um, step of faith was to say, open your eyes, open your eyes, and call me back. Mm. So she was praying in her head, but out, her, her outward step of faith was to say, open your eyes, open your eyes, come back. And so she prayed me back. And so my spirit came back into my body from up in the ceiling, came back down inside. First thing, you know, I'm back inside and I'm looking at this woman face to face. And this incredible pain comes back because my body had been crushed. And uh, I didn't want it. And, you know, I didn't want to be back. I didn't want to come back. And so when I made that intentional choice in my heart, spirit to say no, my my heart stopped again, and my as soon as my heart stopped, my spirit left my body again, and left went up into the roof of the garage. A tunnel opened up. People often that have had these near death or out of body experiences talk about a a tunnel with light on the end of it, and that's exactly what I saw going up at about a 45 degree angle out of the roof of the garage. I got in the tunnel and went towards the light, and I just knew that I knew that I knew that on the end of the tunnel, and that light was heaven. And the closer I was getting, the better. I mean, I felt amazing just. 14, 15 feet on my body. But as I was in the tunnel going towards the light, it just kept getting better and better. And I could hear her calling my name, and she prayed me back to life the second time. And I came back into my body that second time, back through the roof of the garage. And uh, when I came in that time, God spoke to me, Ryan, and he just he just simply said this, if you want to live, you're going to have to fight, and it's going to be a hard fight. Wow. And that's that's all he said. Wow. And I just, uh, I'm, you know, it didn't take me about a split second. No, I... I don't want to fight. I don't want to deal with this pain because I'm I'm back in this crushed body again and it hurt so bad and that it felt so good in the ceiling or in, even in the tunnel. And so when I made that decision, nope, I, I once again, my heart stopped. I left my body, went up in the roof of the garage. The tunnel came again. I saw it going up out of the roof, got in the tunnel, started going towards the light. And the third and final time, that lady prayed me, Shannon, prayed me back to life. And when I came back into my body that time, she said to me, Mr., and this is, I've come back the third time. She said, you're on the verge of life and death. What do you have to fight for? Do you have a wife? Do you have kids? Do you have anything in this world? Of because you need to fight. I completely forgot I was married. Completely forgot I had four little children. And uh, it was like a, you know, just like a uh, a shock to me, really, when she said that, because it made me remember those things. And I couldn't fight for myself because it hurt too bad, but I could fight for my kids. Wow. You know, and so that's that's what made me dig my heels in and, and fight. That's intense. And and then you were um, med-flighted to a large trauma center in the state. You're in the hospital. Your body's racked with pain. And what was your family, uh, your wife, and other people doing outside the hospital room? Uh, my wife brought some people from our church the doctor came out and told her that in all his years of trauma, uh, being the head of the trauma, that he had never seen a body make it there so traumatized and be alive wow. ever. 
and he couldn't, he had no explanation how I made it to the hospital. And he said, uh, he fully did not expect me to live through the hour. And so when the doctor told my wife that he didn't expect me to live through the hour, they decided, the her and the people from our, our church decided that every half an hour, every 30 minutes of life that God gave me, that they were just going to thank him for that, for every 30 minutes of life. I love that. And so every 30 minutes of life, they just kept, every 30 minutes, they kept saying thank you. And that lasted all night long. And then in the morning, um, you know, I was still going. So they went back in and began to operate on me some more. And then one day, uh, if I remember correctly, a doctor came in and told you guys that they could only keep you alive for about a, another year to a year and a half uh, at most, with, and that's with an IV feeding and because your att- intestine was so small. And a friend of yours, uh, Bruce Carlson, came and he laid his hand on you from another state. What happened? Well, when Bruce showed up, and that's, I mean, that's a whole crazy story, too, about how God showed me that guy. He really wasn't a friend. He was just somebody I met one time. And uh, God showed me him before I ever met him in a dream. And God sends him. He shows up at the hospital, and he prayed. And when, when that man prayed over me, when Bruce Carlson prayed over me, a creative miracle happened. They had removed almost all of my intestines. Adults have uh, 18 to 20-some feet length of small intestine, I've been told. And I had approximately like a little over two feet left. That's all I, that's all I had left. And so uh, when this guy came and prayed, God did a creative miracle, and instantaneously I got back several feet of small intestine. And so I now have, doctors say, approximately one-half my intestine. So if, so they're saying 9 to 11 feet of intestine is roughly what I have. And that, and that is so incredible. And uh, it's no wonder that God uses you in creative miracles today. And that's one of the reasons why we're having him on is because of his powerful testimony. But he has an incredible ministry of teaching people how to see miracles, creative miracles, just like he saw. And I'm telling you, he is passionate about it. He is passionate about teaching other people about receiving their miracle. And we're going to talk about miracles and maybe a couple other testimonies in the last segment. But, uh, Bruce, a very significant story uh, you have where you were literally commissioned by Jesus as you went as you went to this church that wasn't really into the things of the Spirit. What happened? So it was on the third anniversary of my accident, that November 16th accident, and I met this little small rural church in another state. And as you mentioned, they weren't uh, really, it wasn't a type of church that was into the things of spirit at all. But so I'm there on a Sunday night, I give my, uh, I give this testimony. And when I got done, we invited some people forward for prayer. And I ended up inviting people forward with, with um, bad backs and I prayed for the first person who was instantly perfectly healed, like 100% healed. And then God told me, don't pray for the next person. Have that person who just got healed pray for the next person. So I kind of, it was the lady, this lady, and I, I told her, you know, just kind of coached her how to pray. So she prays for the next person who got perfectly healed. And then God said, okay, now stand back and tell that person to pray for the next person. You're not going to pray for anybody else. And you just kind of get, just come over here out of the way. And so it was an older, old-school church, like built in the 1800s, with, you can picture with the wooden pews and, you know, stained glass windows. So I was in the front of the church, and we had that folding chair right in the middle of that aisle that goes up the middle of the church between the, between the wooden pews. So I went off to the side, and the Holy Spirit just had me over there praying for those people. And every time somebody got healed, they just started these people who had never seen this in their life. I mean, this is something totally foreign, totally new to this congregation, these people. And every time somebody gets healed, they're just getting more and more excited. And, you know, they start, and this is a church that would never raise their hands kind of church. And they start getting loud and, you know, really excited about God and what he's doing. And, and it's getting louder and louder. And they're just, you know, crowding together as every single person after person is getting healed. And I'm over on the edge, and there's a hole cut in the wall where they had placed the piano, made a little lean-to and placed a piano. And it was like an afterthought. This The, the church had never been built it was from a denomination at one point that was a uh, uh, strictly no musical instrument type denomination. And so at some point they changed and they, you know, now have built this little lean-to and put this little piano there. And so uh, the, the lean-to was just big enough for the piano. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, go in there. Well, you could just walk past the edge of the piano on, on the, as I'm looking at it on the left side. And when the Holy Spirit said, go in there, I just stepped over the edge of that threshold. And as I did, 
Jesus is sitting against that back wall behind the piano and the, you know, the light, the awesomeness, the awe, the authority, the power, this package was, is so overwhelming and took me so by surprise that before I could even think about it, I found myself on the carpet, literally prostrate on the floor with my forehead stuck to the carpet. And I am, you know, just laying there prostrate before him. And I heard him say, no, come sit next to me. Come up here, sit next to me. And so I uh, got up off the floor and sat down next to him. We are now both faced, facing out of this little lean-to off the side of this church, facing the middle of the church where all those people are um, praying for each other. And he had his right hand, he, he pointed across the top of the piano, and he said, uh, do you see that? They don't even know you're gone. That's the very first thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Gone. And I was processing it like, well, what does he mean by that? <laughs> and I'm like, what is, what is that? Thanks a lot. This, this, it was, a, it was a, I'm quite sure it was probably it was a pride checker. Yeah. You know? And uh, so before I could, you know, like feel too bad about that, he never moved his arm. He kept his arm pointed. And then the next thing he said was, that's what I want you to do. I want you to go into places, share the testimonies, and start fires. And after you leave, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be there to continue for those who want it. And I'm sitting there processing what he's saying. And then he said this, they don't need a superstar evangelist. They need to know that I love them and I want to answer their prayers. Boy, that's rich. That is rich. And, uh, I mean, what what were you feeling when he was telling you that? Uh you know, it was so overwhelming, Ryan. Uh, I've had a lot of people say, "Well, did you look? Were you, did you turn your head and look at him?" We're sitting. He's sitting to my left. I'm sitting to his right. We're looking across this piano, and there wasn't even remotely did I want to look at him. Um, it was so overwhelming, so powerful. Um, you know, there's this 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 thing that it's hard to define, but the fear of the Lord. Not in a bad way. You know, right. Sometimes people think of fear right. like in a bad way. But I'm talking about in a reverential awe type thing. That's the only way I can describe what was going on at that moment. And so uh, it was so completely overwhelming. I, 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 you know, I couldn't talk really. I mean, I was uh, there was nothing I could really say, or I didn't, you know, I wasn't asking any questions or anything. I was just. <laughs> just trying to uh, take it in. So you were literally commissioned by Jesus to say, hey, uh, pray for people, but then teach them how to do it and then get out of the way. Yeah, and 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 I think when he started, he said, go into places and start fires with the testimonies. And see, that's what Jesus always did. It says in two different places in the New Testament, there's two different times that it says that Jesus never spoke to the crowds without using parables and stories. Right. In your book, your desire is to start fires in people because of all these incredible testimonies that you have. Yeah, so that's the hook that gets people, because people hear a healing story, they hear some creative miracle, or they hear some, you know, financial breakthrough or something, you know, some amazing sign, miracle, wonder that's happened. It's like, you know, people talk about power evangelism, and that's what Jesus did when he was here. He went around, he healed the sick, and, you know, set the captive free and did things, and that got people's attention, but then he was able to give them the truth. I mean, that's like the neon flashing sign, the sign, the miracle, and the wonders, like the, you know, the, the advertisement for the real thing, you know, and that's the truth of who he is, that he wants to be our Lord. And let me tell you something, this book that you wrote, A Miraculous Life, that's going to get your attention for those who are, are going to get this uh, uh, offer. Uh, you're going to be so, uh, you're going to be overwhelmed by the powerful testimonies and the teaching that are in it, because it's going to really build your faith to say, if if you need a miracle, it's going to teach you how to get your miracle, that you just need to stand and believe in all the things that he teaches you in this book. And he's also offering his little mini book, God Will Talk Through You, an exclusive two-CD set, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. And when we come back, we're going to hear some more powerful testimonies as well as how you can learn to begin to get your own miracle, your own healing in your life. We'll be right back. 
Bruce Vanatta had been crushed under a semi-truck where he had an out-of-body experience and witnessed the angels the Lord had sent. His healing was miraculous. Since then, Bruce Vanatta has witnessed supernatural healings and breakthroughs, not only for himself, but for others in his everyday life. Bruce wants to mentor you so you too can live a supernatural life of victory. Whoever you are, God wants to put this arsenal of weapons in your possession so that you can live a, a supernatural life and so that you can give a lost and hurting world the power of God in their lives as well. Call now and get Bruce Vanatta's Living in the Miraculous Package, which includes his powerful book, A Miraculous Life, and his anointed two-part audio CD teaching, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. Plus this bonus, Bruce's mini book, God Will Talk Through You. This is an exclusive package for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9536. In his book, Bruce Vanatta shares the miracles that he has personally experienced. Through his powerful book, you will understand and discern the five giants we all face in life. Receive five spiritual weapons that will help you live a supernatural life of victory. Begin to experience the same miracles that you read about in the Bible, including blind eyes and deaf ears being opened, tumors vanishing, demons being cast out, and many being set free from headache, pain, depression, and fear. Through Bruce's anointed two-part audio CD teaching, positioning yourself for supernatural victory. You will find out significant keys and life-changing revelation on how you can position yourself for supernatural victory. Learn how to overcome demonic hindrances and struggles. Get ready to receive a fresh impartation of the supernatural faith and be empowered to receive your supernatural breakthrough. God wants to raise up an army of end-time believers who are operating the supernatural. This is meant for everyday Christians, the stay-at-home mom, the, the pastor, the teacher, the truck driver, the waitress. Plus, you will also receive this special bonus, Bruce's mini book, God Will Talk Through You. This is something you can carry every day and everywhere you go. What I love about this bonus mini book, it's something you can get through in a short period of time. It teaches people the different methods that God speaks to us today, what we can expect. And he's always speaking, just like the FM radio uh, tower. Do we have our receiver tuned in to listen? It's like getting Bruce to be your personal trainer in your home to do exactly what he does. And I, I have to tell you, Bruce, yours is uh, the, the miracle that happened to you, the embrace by Jesus where he gave you this gifting. It's all transferable. And if not now, when? Don't miss out on getting Bruce Vanetta's Living in the Miraculous Package, which includes his powerful book, A Miraculous Life, and his anointed two-part audio CD teaching, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. Plus this bonus, Bruce's mini book, God Will Talk Through You. This is an exclusive package for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9536. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9536 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Bruce Van Netta, and what an incredible story he has about this truck falling on him, getting healed. I mean, he was on his way. He was in the tunnel. Uh, I don't know about you, but that would have been a struggle for me to come back, but the remembering your wife and kids and it was so powerful all that was taking place at that time and now you have a ministry of miracles and signs and wonders let me ask you this bruce there are many people that are listening they need a miracle in their finances they need a miracle in their body many 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 people need a miracle in their body uh, they may need a miracle in their marriage you have seen so many miracles in so many areas uh, i know this is kind of a broad question Let, let's just focus on healing where, where do we start? Where do we start uh, in, I mean, where do you have people go to in, in the Lord to get their healing? What do you, where should we start? Well, you know what? The best place to start, in fact, the place we have to start, Ryan, is this. It's Matthew 7, 7. Jesus says, not, and you'll see where I'm going with this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my fathers in heaven. Many will say to him in that day, and Jesus is talking about Judgment Day when he comes back. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you away from the evildoers. See, 
Jesus makes it clear that um, there's going to be a lot of people who call him Lord, who are operating the gifts, people that are casting out demons, people that are seeing healings, people that are prophesying, people that are doing these things. And these people are going to end up going to hell, even though they've been operating the gifts, seeing these miraculous things happen. And the reason why is because in this, this last sentence where he says, I never knew you. Now, that whole section used to really just bother me because it never seemed to make sense. These are people that are calling Jesus Lord. These are people operating in the gifts. These are people that look like they're in ministry, probably. And yet he says many of these people are going to go to hell. And, uh, you know, I'd read that, and it just wouldn't make sense to me until the Lord had me go through and look up all those words in that section in a concordance in the original uh, the original language in the Greek, obviously, here in the New Testament. And when I came to the word where, where Jesus said, I never knew you, the word knew, K-N-E-W, it's the word that made the whole paragraph make sense, because what that word denotes is not something that you and I would think of when we hear the normal, that word knew in the English language, but it, it denotes a relationship of intimacy uh, up to and including physical intimacy between a husband and wife. Uh, it's, a, it's the most intimate type of knowing possible. So Jesus is saying people can call him Lord, operating the gifts, and yet never know him. And so, you know, when anybody, you know, wants to talk about signs, miracles, and wonders, you know, our heart has to be in the right place, and we have to go to God. And he says, you know, that they never knew him. And the proof is because then he says in the following, and he says, away from me, evildoers. So Jesus said more than once, if you love me, you obey my commands. So that's what it looks like to make Jesus Lord. So there are a lot of people that are looking for a lot of things, Ryan. You know, they're looking for physical healing. They're looking for, you know, financial breakthrough. They're looking for the relationships to be restored and stuff. But the place that it has to start, the place all these things have to start, if we want to see real breakthrough that's going to last, if we want to see eternal uh, changes and differences in our lives, it has to start with us positioning ourselves in, in a, a position where we're humbling ourselves before God, where we're allowing him to come in and be ruler, master, Lord of every one of these areas. It's where God says in Second Chronicles 7, um, if, if my people who are called by my name will them humble themselves and pray and seek my face. He doesn't say seek my hands. When we seek his face, that's talking about lordship. That's talking about relationship. But lots of people, Ryan, unfortunately, are just looking to seek God's hands, what he can do for them. So we receive many, many calls and emails to the ministry every single day, as I'm sure you guys probably do too, for for different needs that people have. And yet, when I ask people these these hard questions about God being Lord in their life, lots of times they'll tell me plainly, you know, really, um, and people will tell us this. And we have some volunteers that, you know, pray with people, and whether it be in the email or pray with people on the phone, and, you know, they will, they'll tell us, well, you know, I don't really want Jesus to be my Lord. You know, I don't, I don't want him to, like, be the boss of my life. I just want him to heal me. Wow. I just want him to do this, do that. And we, it's, it's so common. And, you know, what the sad thing is, you think, okay, we, we get it from foreign countries, yeah, and we get it from people outside of Christianity. But the sad thing is when Christians, when actually when Christians, when it comes right down to it, are the ones saying these things, and and maybe not so much. They don't they don't even realize it until you ask them the hard questions, and get them to realize what it looks like when when God is really Lord of our life. That's when they realize, you know what? Really, I guess I don't want God to be Lord of my uh, marriage because then I'd have to treat my husband or my wife different, or maybe I don't want God to be Lord of my time because then I'd have to manage my time different, or maybe I really don't want God to be Lord of my. Uh, finances because I would have to spend my money different because God would choose this and not that or whatever. And so really it, the, what it all boils down to when people have needs, the first place we have to position ourselves is humbling ourselves before God and truly making him Lord, giving him the opportunity to be Lord, ruler, master over all these areas. So based on uh, what that scripture you just mentioned in Matthew, if, if, I need a, if I need a miracle in my body, my finances, my marriage, uh, or whatever the case may be, you're saying the first thing you need to do is position yourself uh, close to the heart of God, and 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 de- you know uh, develop that strong relationship uh, where He becomes Lord. Yeah, the first thing is to humble ourselves, admit that He's God, that we're not. 
that, that you know, we and the human nature wants to be God, really. That's what it is. Human nature wants to be God of our own lives, make you know, the one who calls the shots. The human nature wants to call the shots and be uh our human nature is typically sinful and selfish and wants to be the boss. So let me let me put you on the spot. So we have somebody out there that's listening and said, "Listen, I, I am doing that. I he is Lord of my marriage. I love my husband, you know, and I pray for my husband. And uh, but I'm I'm going through this battle with cancer. And Bruce, you see so many miracles. What what do you tell that person? So when somebody has truly made God their Lord, and they are um, being obedient, as Jesus said, one of the things in there is that in that Matthew seven area where he said. I never knew you away from an evildoer. So the, the fruit, the proof that someone is in relationship, intimacy with God, is that they're going to be um, not in habitual sin. That's the proof that we are. That's the litmus test, that we are in you know, good relationship with God, intimacy with God, that we're not going to be habitual sin. And if there is an area of a, a sin issue in our life, it's going to be one of those issues where there's going to be the sin that happened, the person is going to be repenting of it, and in that cycle. And if all those... You know, if a person's in that place, then the next thing, we then we go to the promises of God, and we see who God is as our, if in this case you're talking about somebody needing healing, then we see what do the promises of God say about healing. And we begin to, you know, if, if it was me and I needed healing, I would begin, and this is what I would tell somebody else to do if they need a healing, i begin to go through the Bible and find the promises of God about healing, and, and one by one begin to write them out in your journal, your prayer journal, begin to memorize them, begin to plant those seeds in their heart, and stand on those truths. I mean, that book, A Miraculous Life, talks about the different uh, weapons that God gives us as believers and so that we can live this miraculous life. And so, you know, sometimes we never know which one of the weapons that God gives us is the one that's going to bring the victory. And so we have to have them all prepared and ready. So for somebody that truly has made God their Lord of their life, you know, somebody that has truly made Jesus the Lord of their life, then these weapons that God has available for us, then those are uh, able to be used. And, you know, so one of them is the Word, speaking, you know, the promises of God, going to the going to the Bible, beginning to, to mine those out of whatever the particular issue is. You know, one of them is praise, and, you know, another one is authority, another one is a, you know, the faith, another one is prayer, these different, and beginning to just apply those weapons in that fight, until we see the victory. And the amazing thing is, in every one of those five areas that you wrote in the book, you have powerful testimonies of how praise works, how prayer works, here's how it works, how the Word works. Um, In fact, you have such a cute story on praying with authority uh, about one night when you were preaching in the Deep South. Tell us what happened. You know, Ryan, I think that the topic of authority is probably the least taught on, least known topic in the in the body today. It's probably the least, you know, it's the, the most neglected and the least used, and it's, and it's definitely one of the most powerful. And this testimony just really gives a good example of what that looks like. So as you mentioned, I'm in the Deep South. I was speaking to, this, you know, there's a thousand people at this event. We get done, and they didn't really want me to have a, a altar call or anything because it was in a public place and it was a public event. And so I, I had a book table off to the side, and I'm praying for some people over by that book table. And this, this couple came up through this prayer line, and I could see that there was a little boy and a little girl that literally had uh, mom and dad's hand, and they were, like, dragging them up through the line. So I could tell a little boy and little girl, the ones who wanted to come in the prayer line, mom and dad just wanted to leave. I'm, I'm just kind of watching it happen as they're coming up, taking their turn in line. And when they came forward... Um, mom sits down, apparently she got in a, you know, a bad accident at some point. And I'm saying, you know, what's the prayer request? And the little boy and the little girl were doing the talking, you know, it's, and I'm, the, the girl was older and the boy was younger. So maybe, you know, like five, six year old and, uh, and for, was the boy, maybe something like that. And his, you know, his older sister, seven, eight, nine, something, you know, something like that. And they were, uh, they said, you know, mom was in a lot of pain, and, you know, mom's got this and mom got that. And, and mom is sitting in the chair because we had a, a prayer chair there, and the dad is standing behind the chair. And so I got down to pray for the mom. And, you know, Ryan, it's true. When mom's not happy, the family's not happy, right? Right. And so mom is, was in a lot of physical pain. And so these kids are saying, you know, maybe the story you told about how Jesus healed you 
Jesus would do that for our mom, you know. So here's the faith of children, right? And so I go to pray for mom, and God said, no, don't pray for her. Have the children pray for her. So I stood stood back up, and I got the little boy and little girl in front of the mom, and I said, okay, um, this is this – is, uh, I said, I believe God wants you guys to pray for your mom, and I'm just going to tell you how to do it. So I began to just tell him how to, you know, Jesus said in Mark 11, speak to the mountain. And so I said, the mountain is the problem in her life. Whatever the problem is, that's the mountain. And so we're going to speak to the mountain. And so your mom's got pain in her back. She's got a bad, a broken, you know, pelvic was broken and hadn't healed right. And, you know, this, that, and this. So I said, we're going to speak to these problems and speak them, to command them to go in the name of Jesus. So I'm just kind of lead them through that, and they were doing it real mousy and real quiet, and and uh, we get all done, you know, we're, we get, they get done, and they just kind of stop praying, and and Dad is just very unhappy. He wants to leave. You could tell he's, he thinks we're wasting his time, and just, I'm looking at the little kids, and, and Mom doesn't feel any better, and all of a sudden, the Lord just asked me to ask them, the Holy Spirit just puts them heart, and just out of the blue says, ask them about their pet. And as soon as I said, um, so you guys have a pet, as soon as I said that, the Lord answered for him, to me in my head and said, yeah, they've got a dog, and it's a bad dog that runs away. And so I said, you know, so you guys have a pet. And they said, yeah, we've got a dog. And I said, does your dog run away sometimes? And <laughs> they're like, yeah, how do you know? <laughs> and then the Lord said, ask them what they do when the dog runs away. And so I didn't even know, I had no idea where God was going with this. So I said, well, what do you do when the dog runs away? And this little mousy, little quiet, little boy and little girl who I were just like having a, was, had to lean down to listen to them talk or pray, either one, totally took me off guard when they start yelling and they said, you know, this is what they start yelling. Because I said, what do you do when the, you know, when your dog runs away? And all of a sudden they started yelling. We said, we yell, Charlie, get home! You know, and they just started yelling about Charlie getting home. Uh, Charlie was the name of their bad dog, right? So then the Lord tells me, tell them that's the way authority sounds. They're using authority on Charlie the bad dog. And that's the way I want them to pray with authority against the pain and the sickness in their mom's back. So I see now I realize what God's doing. And I explained to him what God had just said. I said, okay, so this is, you know, that's when you're, when you're yelling for Charlie, the bad dog, to get home, you're using authority. And so that's the way we're going to pray, with authority for your mom's back. And so they began to, then it's just like the, the light bulb went on their head, and they just started going to town, man. And they started praying and were saying, bad pain, pain, go, bad feelings in mom's hips, go. You know, just they're just going to town. And mom started crying. She stands up. She starts moving around. She starts crying more. Here, she, she got healed. I mean, wow. Lord healed this woman right there on the spot. Dad, I think, was in shock. He didn't know what to think at this point. <laughs> I, I I love that. I mean, what a what a powerful story about authority. I mean, that just that childlike story that should minister to everybody uh, listening. And it's not about Bruce. You're not saying it's about the yelling. It's about understanding uh, the authority that you that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, as we mentioned, or you and I were talking on the phone the other day, and I think I might have mentioned you. You know, I used to get in some trouble in school as a kid, and when I'd go to the principal's office, uh, he was never whispering. He right. was always, uh, you know, his voice was typically elevated if I was in there because I was doing something wrong. And he had authority. He used that authority. It sounded a certain way. And it says in Hebrews that Jesus, uh, you know, there's a verse that basically says the same thing about how Jesus prayed in Hebrews. And so again, it's not it's not a volume issue. It's about who you are in Christ issue. It's a it's about who you are in Jesus type issue. Now, I, I want you to tell one more story before we have you pray for people. And and I don't know if you can tell it quickly or not, but it's a powerful story. Uh when you were in Honduras and you had the opportunity, there's a lot of backstory, but you had the opportunity to minister to a, a prostitute that was bedridden. And the conditions were very filthy um, because she hadn't got out of bed. And uh, just, just, it's just very filthy. 
and uh, you were explaining through an interpreter about Mark 16, 17, 18. Those who believe they'll lay hands on the sick and they will get they will recover. Uh, but you didn't want to touch this woman because she was <laughs> she was, you know, pretty dirty. So what happened there? Well, she was somebody that was involved in a cult and she had become paralyzed where she couldn't move from her arms. But when her arms down, she couldn't move. And it had been several months to close to a year that she couldn't move her lower extremities. And so uh, we went there to, to pray that God would heal her. And so the first thing I wanted to do was, like we talked about earlier, is take her to the issue of, you know, Jesus doesn't want to be um, one of your gods. Jesus doesn't want to be, you know, uh, number three in your god list. He wants to be your only capital G God. He wants to be your Lord. And so I, I took her to the place of saying, will you renounce the witchcraft and the cult practices and stuff that you're doing and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, both, you know, as your Lord. First and foremost as the Lord. Lord is who he is, Savior, than what he does for us. And so she was, I guess, desperate enough at this point in her life that she decided to do that. We led her through that prayer. And then uh, started to pray for her. I reached down, I, as you mentioned, I didn't didn't really want to put my hands anywhere. There was a, a lice epidemic uh, going on right then. And so... Um, I reached down and touched my fingers on the sides of her neck. We began to pray, and her head went straight because part of her, uh, you know, part of whatever was wrong with her, her head was crooked as well, twisted off to the side. And we were just praying a short period of time, and all of a sudden her head snapped straight. So I knew the power of God. I felt the power of God come out when it happened. She did too. Her eyes popped open. And so I said to my interpreter, you know, I knew she was immediately healed. Her, she was completely healed at that point when the power of God went through. And I said to the interpreter, tell her to stand up, you know, right now. And so the woman ended up standing up. And as we've seen lots of times with very notable, uh, extravagant-type miracles, over-the-top miracles, the people will go into shock. If it's a blind eye, a deaf ear, a, a paralyzed person walking, a lot of times the very first reaction is shock. And so this woman went into shock, and she's just looking at her legs. She's standing up now, first time in a long time. And uh, I, because the smell was so bad, I got out of there, and I'm just standing off to the side. And she's looking at herself, and and she's not happy at all, but yet I can see that she's healed. I know she's healed. And I, I was asked, complaining. I said, God, this is a, a miracle straight out of the Bible. A paralyzed woman stands up and is able to walk, and yet she's not happy. I said, it doesn't make any sense to me, and so I'm asking these questions of God. And he said, it's because she doesn't know how much I love her. And you just think about it, she just had this huge miracle, sign miracle wonder, right? But she didn't know how much God loved her. And, he, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, go in there and pray that the veil would be lifted, and that she'd be able to receive my love and know how much I love her. So I just went in there and, you know, just quick prayed for her. The power of God hit her. She fell down in the rocks and, you know, just was slain the spirit. And so... Uh, I walked away, you know, came back away from the hut again. And, you know, maybe 10 minutes later when she came to, um, she was crying. And I said, Lord, why is she crying? And he says, because she's having godly sorrow for her sins. Wow. That's really the truth. We we really have to be in a spot where we really, truly get—the Bible talks about it in Corinthians and other places—godly sorrow for our sins. So she has this—she feels this godly sorrow for her sins— and she immediately calls to the pastor who she had given a death threat to previously. That's the reason why we're there in the first place. And she's apologizing, and, and um, they're all hugging. And, you know, now pretty soon, you know, minutes are going by, and the, the leaders of the church are taking turns hugging her. And pretty soon she's laughing. Everybody's, you know, hugging each other and stuff. And then she turned to me, and she gave me this big old smile and held out her arms for a hug. And it, my heart went—my blood ran cold. My heart almost stopped, and I was like, oh, no. And so I turned to the interpreter, I said uh, to the girl, I said, go give her a big hug. So she went and gave her a big hug, and I started pleading with God, saying, God, please don't make me hug her. And uh, so and the reason why is because, again, like you said, the filth and the, the, all the stuff that went with that. And so uh, the Lord said to me at that point, did I send you here to be my hands? And I said, yes. He said, did I send you to be my feet? I said, yes. Did I send you to be my mouthpiece? I said, yes. He said, then you go hug her like I would hug her. Wow. Give her a, a hug like I would give her a hug. So I went in to hug her, and as soon as I started walking towards her to hug her, the Lord said, by the way. Now, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, by the way, I'm getting disciplined, <laughs> uh, lovingly taken to the woodshed. And he said, by the way, when Jesus reached out his hand to touch the leper, 
he wasn't afraid of getting leprosy. And what I was afraid of when I was going to hug her, I was afraid I was going to get lice because they had told us don't hug people and rub heads with each other because of the lice epidemic and plus the other stuff. So when the Holy Spirit said that to me, you know, I just, it hurt because I realized, you know, where I was. And I, I went in there and, and I give her a big old hug and we're cheek to cheek, literally. And, you know, giving each other a big old hug and the horrendous smell that had been there before Ryan, I couldn't smell anymore. And the closer I got to it, it was really bad. But as soon as we were cheek to cheek, it was gone. And I started literally like sniff. I was like sniffing her neck, like, where did that horrible bad smell go? I mean, it's 100 degrees. It's 100% humidity. This woman has not been anywhere close to running water for who knows how long. And all of a sudden, the smell's all gone. And I was just like flabbergasted. I walked away. And the Lord said to me, the smell went away because you were now smelling it with my nose. Wow. And it's smell, it's, it's, it's sin that makes us stinky. And that woman had repented of her sin. Wow. And those sins were washed away. And God was showing me that I went in there, and this is the real thing, you know. God was showing me I went in there to see the power. And I did. I saw, you know, a paralyzed woman get healed. But the Lord showed me in my heart. What was in my heart was I didn't love that woman. He called me on the carpet for it. He said, you know, you came in here and you wanted to see me display my power in her life and in her body and healer. But Jesus in flesh would have showed up. Jesus would have been there to love the woman, and the healing would have been a byproduct out of that. And he said, and that is opposite of what you're doing here. Which, which in a sense, Bruce, uh, if we're not careful, we can misrepresent Jesus. Absolutely. That's what he was showing me I was doing. Yeah. Wow. Well, in, in these uh, last moments here, would you just pray a prayer uh, over the people listening, whatever the Lord gives you? Absolutely. Lord, you know each of us, and you said that you know the number of hairs on our head. And God, we know that number changes many times even throughout one day. So it's your way of telling us that you are constantly, continually aware of every little detail in our life, even the little ones like that that we don't know, or how much more the big ones. So every person that's listening, every person that will ever listen to this message, Lord, you know every detail of life, the big ones, the little ones, the heartaches, the joys, Lord, you know the relational issues, you know the financial issues, you know the physical issues, you know it all, God. So we lift each one of those things up to you right now. We pray, Lord God, that you would minister to each person listening today in only the way that you can do it. So we just, God, we do humble ourselves before you. We position ourselves in a place for you to minister to us and through us and in us, Lord God, that you'd minister to the relational needs, minister to the physical needs, that you'd minister to the spiritual needs, the emotional needs, the financial issues, minister in all those spheres, every one of those areas, God, in only the way that you can do it. We pray that your, Lord, your love, that your mercy, that your grace, that your power, that your goodness would be just poured out, Lord, that you would use us, every person listening, to be your hands and your feet. Lord, that you would, Lord, draw us closer to you, that, you, that we would truly make you Lord of our lives, not just in word, Lord, but in deed that we would do it by our actions day by day, by giving you preeminence, by giving you first place in our life, Lord, by giving you, Lord, the ability to call the shots and, Lord, truly putting you as master and ruler of our lives so that we can come to you in every, every, everything, Lord, knowing that you always want good for us, that you have plans to prosper us and not harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. So we pray for all the people, Lord, today, every single one, that you not only would meet them in their needs, but that use them, Lord, that you would use each of us to be your hands and your feet, to be a light in the darkness, Lord God, to bring your love to other people, that we would affect, infect, impact our circle of influence for the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. His book, A Miraculous Life, I'm packed with testimonies, packed with uh, teaching on healing and the weapons that we need to be overcomers, to see miracles and signs and wonders. His mini book, God Will Talk Through You, and his exclusive two-CD set, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our special guest, Bruce Van Netta, and now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. Bruce Van Netta has been commissioned by Jesus to start a fire in your heart by mentoring you in the supernatural in his book, a Miraculous Life and his exclusive two-CD set, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory. You will also receive a special bonus, Bruce's mini-book, God Will Talk Through You. 
Call now for Bruce's book, A Miraculous Life, his exclusive two-CD set, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory, and his bonus mini-book, God Will Talk Through You, for an investment of $29. U.S. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Bruce Van Netta's book, Miraculous Life, is an exclusive two-CD set, Positioning Yourself for Supernatural Victory, and bonus mini-book, God Will Talk Through You. Offer number 9536 for an investment of $29. U.S. Be sure to ask for offer number 9356. Once again, that's offer number 9536. 